Uh, hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast, episode 182. I guess this is growing up. We've brought back our longtime friend, one of the original hosts of the show, Erin Higgins. Uh, she's here this week to discuss education. She's here this week to discuss uh, award shows, a wide-ranging discussion. Uh, also this week, we're going to talk a little bit of politics, a little bit of Netflix, uh, a little bit of uh, news of the week. Pete Davidson, Andrew Cuomo, word of the word of the year 2018, history lessons, Amazon. Uh, I was going to talk about Cardi B, but we didn't, so I'll just move past it. Local radio stations, all this and more, folks. We are happy, as always, to have you here. The liveliest podcast in all of the internet. That's right, it's the Uticast, episode 182. Uh, it's a very it's a very exciting week. The return of our first Kev, you remember our first OG call, our first host co-host, Erin Higgins, back. She used to be here every week, sorta, when she when she could make it. But she joined us here for a quick holiday discussion. Although, in theory, what we're really talking a lot about this week is education. It's a very education-based discussion. So that's very exciting. A little holiday comeback. Don't worry, Heather. She's not taking your job on the show I'm back. Not worried. I did ask her, though. I was like, if you want to come back, I'll just leave. And then it can be you and Heather and Kevin. Kevin, would you be willing to do the show with them instead of me? I'm here no matter who's here. <laughs> I'm just here. Every week. In and out. No matter who comes, I will do the show. Very consistent. The consistency. Uh, Kevin Consistent Sullivan, they call him. Nowhere ever. I've never heard that before. Welcome back to the show, folks. Uh, I don't even know what's today. Is the 17th? Today is the 17th? It is the 17th. We are eight days. That's it. I'm not done with my Christmas shopping. I'm almost done. Uh, if you haven't finished your Christmas shopping, I would suggest you go to maidenutica.com backslash shop to check out all of our sweet, sweet new merchandise, which has been doing very well so far from what I've heard. So check it out. Before it's gone, you know, we do limited runs. Check it out. Um, check it out. Check it check out. Check it out. Check it out. Check, 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 check it out. Uh, so, guys. Jeez. <laughs> wow. We have two episodes left in this year, in 2018. Next week will be on Christmas. Yeah. It'll be released on Christmas, which you've never done what before. What a little present for everybody. I know. A, little Chris- a lot of shows give up and don't do a Christmas they show. Do, they do. But we're doing it because... Uh, yeah, why not? Because I'm insane and I don't like to take vacations. And the week after that, uh, I don't know. It'll be our New Year's Eve, New Year's 2019 show. Uh, I got a question. I wanted to do a little bit of a, a year-end thing with mm-hmm. you guys. So I guess I have a homework assignment for you guys. Oh. Uh, so within the next two weeks or so, I just want you guys to come up with five things that you really enjoyed from 2018. It could be a movie, TV show, story, meme, whatever. Two things, five things from 2018. Yeah, five things that made you happy in 2018. And we will discuss that either next week or the week after, depending on how saucy we feel next week. I like it. All right? Very good. And then homework assignment for you listeners as well. I'd also like to get a little mailbag session in uh, for the end of the year. So if you guys have mailbag questions you'd like us here to answer and debate here at your favorite local podcast, send them. 
to uticast at gmail.com or check out our brand new website and send us a message there. Either way, it all comes to the same spot, us, and we will respond in kind over the next few weeks. So mailbags, and then for you guys, end of the year lists. Uh, Kev. Yes. You've been out doing that heavy lifting uh, at the bar, behind the bar these last few weeks. It seems like the holiday season has really kicked in at the bar season. Uh, yeah, it is true. I have been attending work regularly. Um, it's been busy. A lot of people out there, a lot of Christmas parties, a lot of different things. There's always events. It's always a busy time of year. Everybody starts to get, it's like everybody's not busy. Then all at once, everybody gets busy at the same time. You're not just like, you know, working yeah, in yeah. service industry sectors or, you know, live music sectors, anything like that, but everywhere all at once gets busy. You notice it even in the traffic when you go driving around. So, you know, oh, dude. Christmas is what we thought it was. <laughs> I, uh... I actually, I, I've done very little uh, terrestrial shopping this year. Mm. I've not really gone to, uh, uh, I usually go to Barnes Noble once. I usually go to, like, the mall for whatever reason because I'm mm. a masochist just to see what's up. Uh, I've done none of that this year except I had to go get a frame for someone who I got a poster as a gift for. And I, I like a poster as a gift. I'm a big fan. A lot of people got posters and coffee mugs this year for all you people out there. It's been a very... Poster and coffee mug. Heavy. I don't like to give posters a gift. I can't give posters a gift because you gotta assume they have somewhere to put it. Well, yeah. No, it's it's that it's you know I don't feel like I want to impose my own taste on somebody's living room. You know what I mean? Like I might give a really good friend a poster if it was something that I knew. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can, but anytime a decoration, like I've thought about it when shopping for like my brother and his wife. I'm like, oh, maybe they'd really like this to hang up in the mm-hmm. house. I'm like, well, who am I to say what they want hanging on their walls? Pick your own walls. Yeah, I'm not a decorator. But I figured they'd like it. Uh, so, yeah, either way, I had to go to Michael's oh, Crafts, right? Oh, that? Um, I'll say this. Having to drive into that big shopping plaza yeah. on a Saturday at 3 o'clock when I was... I had a coupon, mind you, that was expired the next day. So it was like, I either go now and get my 25% off or don't use the coupon at all and just t- take the loss mm-hmm. because I don't feel like going out on a Saturday. It was really the first time I've in a long time that I really put myself in a situation to get like holiday anxiety, and it was it was yeah. a lot of waiting in line. It was pretty crummy. I don't understand these people who go out like on Black Friday or put themselves in these situations where they're out with like tons and tons of people. It would drive me nuts. They like thrill. They like live off of that though. They love it. Oh yeah. I don't always mind it being out there with a lot of people. Um, traffic is more annoying than like, being yeah. actually in the brutal. store. Getting in that place. But like I, yes. my thing, I like I talk to everybody. So, like, if I'm out there, if I'm waiting in line for a long time, I'm just talking to folks. You know what I mean? Like, so you just sort of everywhere out there. I don't mind being amongst the people, but in traffic, it can be pretty annoying. Yeah. Like, when you're just stuck at a light and you get a whole green cycle and don't even get to get through it and yeah. stuff like that, it gets like that up in Consumer Square yeah, quite a bit. Terrible. I like when you can see the light in the distance and it turns green and then nothing happens and you're like, well, what happened at the front Why are here? we moving? Is there an accident? <laughs> Did, yeah, something happened. Yeah, that's my least favorite. I, I get the worst with that. Uh, speaking of high stress levels, Heather, I was going to go to Twitter and, like, uh, check your Twitter stream for some good content for this week, but you seem very stressed out. I'm just going <laughs> to ask you if you're okay, and that Kevin and I I'm... are here for you <laughs> if you're not okay. I'm okay. Um, my son's sick again, so that's annoying, and my husband's annoying. <laughs> so, ever, all the men in your life are annoying. You have yeah, your son is sick, annoying. your husband's annoying, yes. and then these two other men just prod you for you information. She's perpetually annoyed with me as well, so... So he's throwing me dirty looks and stuff during no, the show. I had to pick my husband up at a Christmas party. Oh. And he was like frat boy annihilated. Good for him. Oh, come no, on. No, it was great. That part's Let great. Let him get out there and stretch no, no. it out a little I'm bit. I'm really happy he did. But I had places to go. I had some plans that night too. Yeah. And he got home and he threw up everywhere but the toilet. 
Nice. He threw up in our electronics box. He nice. Threw up on the dining room floor. He threw up in the bathroom sink. Jeez. Uh, Sounds kind of like so a, my night. I was supposed to go out. The sink is like getting warmer. I was supposed it's like to getting go out. warmer. We made it to the sink, getting closer. Getting so there's closer. no way he could take care of our son. So no, I was so mad not. that night. Certainly not. So I had to stay home and just watch him throw up. I hate to say it. Surprisingly meat head move from your husband. Yeah, I'm very, a little thrown very, off. Very it's not something I would expect yeah. from him. And then he we picked him up, my son and I did, and then he had to pee in the parking lot. My son's like, Why is daddy peeing in the parking lot? <laughs> I'm like, ask him. Well that's just a life lesson you gotta learn. He pops back because daddy's on one, son. He doesn't even remember any of that. Oh yeah. No. Sometimes you gotta do I'm it. I'm good. Hmm. Just tired. Yeah. No, I feel you. I feel Any like, other family dirty laundry you'd like to air no, out while we're recording? No, I'm glad. That, I hope you can say <laughs> I told him I say something. <laughs> so annoyed. No, listen, it's good sometimes. Once you get it out, sometimes you just need to say it, right? Right. Sometimes it's... You ever do this sometimes? I'll go on like a comment board sometimes. I'll read like an article and I want to put a comment on it. And then I'll write like the whole comment out. And then I'll read it back to myself. And then in the process of writing the comment out and reading it back to myself, I go... Yeah, no, I don't want. I don't want to say yep. this anymore. So this isn't worth yep. it. This yep. is not worth it. I think like every day. <laughs> so I try and do that now with like whatever I say. Yep. Not in this podcast, obviously, but in my regular life. I'm like, yep. mm, what's the outcome of this when I say it at the end? Is it worth it? No, I'm just gonna nod my head yeah. and smile. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's get uh, let's get the politics, Trumpy stuff out of the way for this week because I do have some other stuff. All the way out of the way. Yeah. Well, I, I guess the only one that got thing is that Donald Trump was tweeting about. SNL this week? He is a fool. Okay, let me play devil's advocate for one second. Is there any chance, reading the tweet, that he was being sarcastic and knows that people think it's funny? No. No, no, so there's no chance at all. Because I saw saw that on someone saying that, like, him putting the word collusion at the end of the tweet was him being like, oh, no, I I understand that. No. 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 So, no, okay, all right. So, I'm I'm going too far. (laughs) Long gone, off the deep end, <laughs> off the reservation. <laughs> uh, SNL should be illegal, apparently. Uh, although I have to say, people rag on SNL all the time for like not being funny. I also saw that take all the time, it's right? All, it's all dependent on your guest. And I would say Matt Damon always was dependent on the guest. Yeah, and that was the Damon was on last night. It's always been the crux of that show. He was on this past week. He was pretty good. I He's like really, Matt Damon. He does a good job. He was really charming, and yeah. it's like you know, some people are really are really good at the job. And, like, the week before that, it was that guy from Aquaman. And he, he was game. I like that. He was good. He doesn't have the natural charisma no. of a Damon. Uh, although I kept thinking when I was watching Matt Damon, I was like, I don't think Affleck could do this. He doesn't have the charm to just walk out there and, like, be Matt Damon. I don't know. Uh, also, uh, I mean, the government could shut down this week, from what I heard. I don't know if you saw, <laughs> saw people talking about this. How could you not? Let me... Uh, Am I an idiot to assume, like, what would that mean for, is that federal jobs that get, like, shut down as well because of that? If you work for the post office, that means your job is shut down as well. But not if you're, I'm like. Wondering, wait, do we suck in the mail? Or is there some kind of law, no, like, within. No, there's, there's protection for that kind of thing in place. But, yeah, generally anybody who has um, a government job, federal government job, uh, just doesn't get paychecks. There's so no paychecks, So things right. aren't open. Like, you, you wouldn't be able to go visit, like, you know, a certain, like, um. Like public monuments, public park, right. like public parks, national parks are probably closed, that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, yeah, so this is going to be a lot of talk for the rest of this week. I don't really want to get too far into it because by the end of this week, like we could also not yeah. have it happen. Um, yeah, no, there's no point in speculating. Yeah, no point. Uh, but just see, folks, it, the government goes on holiday vacation just like everybody else. <laughs> so there you go. And that's it. I'll move past that. Hey, uh, a couple other stories this week. Did you guys remember the uh, the lettuce scare we were having with the romaine lettuce? 
I never found out if we're allowed to eat romaine lettuce again. Are we allowed to you eat? You still have to be careful where it's... Um, there's like four locations or something you're not supposed to eat them from now. So it's like the farms themselves, right? Yeah. Well, there's a California farm that was connected to the uh, E. coli outbreak of romaine lettuce who's now recalling cauliflower and other lettuces, including red cabbage and such. This is... I'm telling you, I think this is all part of a conspiracy to get people to just stop eating vegetables. This is all like a big anti-vegetable campaign. <laughs> From who? Who's behind the anti-vegetable campaign? Which uh, which of our public figures that only eats prepared food and doesn't trust anything made from and only goes to McDonald's would have a, a hatred against vegetables, do you I think? See. Do you, do I you, see. Do you, do you wonder? I see. All right, that's it. No more politics. No more politics. I'm done. I want to ask you guys a question about Netflix. We talk about Netflix a lot, but I heard a really interesting report today. Um, so the article basically was saying that, uh, you know, Friends is like the number three most watched uh, streamed content on Netflix. Mm. It's the second highest thing that's not a Netflix original series, right? Uh, and Netflix just paid $100 million. What's uh, that? What's the number two? Uh, oh, that chilling... Well, we're going to get to that in a second. I'll go through the okay, whole list. Sure. But we'll go through the whole list. Uh, but the point was, there's a, Netflix, uh, Netflix is facing a dilemma. They have to pay $100 million to keep the rights for Friends if they want to keep it for one year in 2019. Warner Media, who owns the rights to Friends wants to keep the rights going in the future because they eventually want to have their over-the-top like streaming service the way that like Netflix, their own thing, for their content. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to take it away right now because it makes so much money and draws so many people that if their platform theoretically doesn't show up for three or four years or doesn't work out the same way, they'd be leaving money on the table. So what do you think they're better off? Netflix is better off doing? Letting friends go or paying the $100 million to keep it on a, like, a year-to-year basis? hard for me to answer that because I'm not a friends so I would just be like let them go yeah you don't like you don't like friends I mean unless that's why people are signing up and that's really working for them they well I guess that ties into what we're saying it is like the number three most streamed piece of content on their whole platform right Mm -hmm. uh again you want I I always assumed it would just be gone because you I just assume that all the major networks will have their own streaming platform somewhere down the road I think people are still going to want to have Netflix I don't think it's going to affect it they got rid of it okay that's my opinion all right. Uh, well, we, I can pull a list up for you if you want to see. These were the uh, the actual list of what the top ten streamed shows on Netflix. Surprise, surprise. What, what you guys want to guess what number one is? The Office. It's The Office. It's great. It's not even the close. Office. Uh, office is not up for renewal for another year or so, but oh. this conversation will happen again in a few years with The Office, considering it does even more streams. Well, they than said friends. they came on. I saw an article like this past week where they were talking about like The Office is streamed, like not just streamed more than anything on their platform, but. Like, considerably more. Yeah. Like, by quite a bit. Like, first by a mile. What does that mean about The Office? Is it just that it's an easy show to watch? Does it have a broad appeal for a lot of people? Is it... It's nostalgic for us well, as well, just, too, right? Because we've I'm watched I'm so watching many... new episodes of it. Yeah, I'm... St- it's I, something easy to put on and while you're doing other things. That's a great point, actually. It's a really quick show. I think that goes a long way. Yeah, it's, I mean, as with anything else, I think it's a mixture of a lot of those circumstances that you said, you know what I mean? I don't think, we're not full into nostalgia territory yet, because it's a little bit too new, but a lot of it is, you know, it speaks to to how good the show is in general, you know, how broad it is, how many people like it, how many people have watched it, the ease with which you can turn it back on and watch it again, it's got a lot of seasons so you can go back Mm -hmm. through... I think it helps with a show like that where there's a ton of characters. So you can, yeah. as you rewatch, you can get more of a kick. Like maybe, you know, because everybody, a lot of, so many people have watched it 10, 15, 20 times through now. Maybe you used to get a real kick out of this character, but now you're really into 
some different character more as you rewatch. You just see it from a different angle. I think it is telling that I've seen the series maybe five times and I still laugh very heartily at it. It's still funny. Uh, let me run through the list here for you guys, the top ten shows. Of the top ten, four of them were not Netflix originals. Number one is The Office. Number two is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is not as weird as it sounds. My kids are addicted to it. My students are, they can't stop. They're addicted to it. It's insane. Number three is Friends. Number four is Grey's Anatomy, which is another one of these Mm -hmm. shows that that I hear a lot about that has had like a a streaming renaissance. Five through nine are all Netflix shows. So this is really where Netflix's big money is. House of Cards, Great British Baking Show, Marvel's Daredevil, which which they just canceled. Mm -hmm. Uh... Narcos, which I'm glad to see is on there because I assume that's the only person who liked it. Oh, everybody likes Narcos, so they're talking about. Uh, the Haunting of Hill House, which I said, you think you, you finished did you that? Finish I did. It? Yeah. I and, did. and then Criminal Minds on CBS was mm. number 10. I, I thought it was weird that there was no uh, Stranger Things on this list. I thought it was weird that there. I, it's not as weird that there's no Glow or no Bojack, but like these shows oh, that. Glow and Bojack are too small, I think. They're too niche, yeah. I think, for the people. I'm a little surprised Stranger Things. That seems like they're... Stranger Things is a bit surprising. I think that with Stranger Things, I think more than anything else compared to a lot of that stuff, I mean, although you're seeing the... This is directly negated by something like Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, but I think with Stranger Things, there's a little bit less of it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. people watch it in very small bursts. Mm. When it comes out, everybody watches it really fast, but it only exists. It's not like a year right. round. You know, there's only two seasons with, what, like 10, mm. 12 episodes apiece? Uh, you know, it's true, and I think that that's the other thing about, you know, fr- a show like Friends, or a show like The Office, a show like Parks and Rec, really easy to, to watch one or two. Like, I do it all the time as a timing mechanism. Mm-hmm. Oh, I gotta leave somewhere in, like, 40 minutes, I, I can watch an episode of Parks and Rec and it'll kill, mm-hmm. like, 25 of those minutes, right? It's it's not even like I'm watching it necessarily always for content. It's just like, give me something that I feel good about for 25 minutes. I think that's sort of the... the that's why you'll never see the end of, like, the this this 22-minute short, quote-unquote, sitcom-style show. Like, you won't just, you know... I have a hard time getting into shows that are, like, an hour long. Oh, because right? sometimes I'm like, I have only 45 minutes, I should go to bed, because my son's going to get up at 6. Yeah. So if I watch this show, it'll give me enough time, I can watch the show, and I can go to bed. Mm-hmm. Well, it's always funny, because a lot of people do that thing where, like, ah, oh, you know, I'd like to watch, get into this hour-long show, or I'd like to watch this movie, but I don't have the time, I don't yeah. have the time... Then you'll blow off five episodes of something like I, The Office. Like, well, that's right. the that's so true. More like I won't watch a movie, but I can watch two and a half hours worth of like thirty minute digestible bites. <laughs> Speaks to like attention span. See, I don't know if that's the case though, because I watched a lot of that Boardwalk season when those are hour long episodes, and I got really into it. It just after a while, it becomes a lot of time to commit. If I watch three episodes of Boardwalk, well, especially night, if you're yeah, if you're trying to shove them through watching them like three episodes at a time, yeah. and then like in every because I remember when you were watching Boardwalk, every free second where there was an opening, you'd squeeze like three episodes in. Yeah, and when you start stuffing like five straight, six straight days like that, you just burn yourself right yeah, off. Yeah, never got back to interest. It. Yeah. Uh, all right, so good, good combo. I like that. That was all right. Uh, I, I really feel like I should watch this Sabrina show just to see no, what should. it's about. Just I'm very curious now. It's good. Yeah. All right. Other news from this week that was sort of big. Uh, I mean, it's not big news. There's been a lot of talk about Pete Davidson this weekend. Have you read mm-hmm. anything about? He had a, a troubling Instagram post, and New York City police checked in him on Saturday. He got pulled out of oh. SNL. Um, I mean, it was kind of. It's it, it is concerning, yeah. right? And look, I, I saw. Here's what I here's what I'll say. Me and Higgins talk a little bit about what the biggest problems we see in education are today in our different age ranges during our conversation. And one of the things I talk about is the sort of unknowing, like, cyberbully shadow, like, negativity that exists on social media that 
we aren't totally prepared to handle as like teachers and adults and parents, right? Mm. And I'm not saying that Pete Davidson's a, a child. He's a he's an adult, but he's younger than me, right? And he's it's just tough to see people who are obviously tr- struggling with like mental health uh, have to do it on these platforms because they're so used to him and there's no precedent for the amount of content he must. I can't imagine like the kind of stuff that's said to him by total strangers all the time, all day long. Yeah. And when you're already like struggling. And you're trying to be like yeah. something people can look up to. Yeah, and so it's just tough. It's got to be really hard when you're struggling with like actual issues and things like that and everybody, you know, I could imagine if I was going through it and everybody turns it into like some sort of weird arena spectator sport because I saw yeah. that same thing where like over the weekend like there's a billion articles about this guy. It's like, why are you doing this? Like, leave this yeah. guy, leave this yeah. kid the fuck alone. Like, yeah. what are we doing out here? Yeah. And everybody needs to, like, oh, we got to see and let's talk about it. Let's yeah. put on the news and see. It's like, dude, this kid is struggling. Leave yeah. him alone. Let him do that his thing. That was, like, his like, way to, like, because sometimes I even say things on social media just as an outlet. Yeah. It's, you know, it's and that this, was his, just, he probably had a moment there. And, like, and it's just this go. weird, like, perverse thing where people feel the need to, like, yeah. drag yeah. him onto the stage into mm-hmm. the light and make it a thing. Like, I mean, yeah. we're talking about him right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. make it. Let this 24-year-old yeah. kid who's got issues struggle on his own. I don't need to have an opinion on what this yeah. kid's doing and going through. Yeah. And I just, I just, my my bigger thing is just to sort of, like, bring to light this, like, idea. I, I just see it, like, with my kids who are not famous, right? We're not stars and it's not talked about. Like, I see a lot of kids who just get a lot of negative talk from their friends and they're already sad and, you know, they're, they're people they think are their friend. Mm-hmm. How much, like, it can affect you in a way that... For sure. It's sort of invisible in that way. And, and mm-hmm. Higgins and I have a longer discussion about that on the... Thing, so I'll, I'll leave it at that but just you know if you have people in your life who you're concerned or care about let them know you care about them or you're concerned about them that's all okay uh also in this week uh Andrew Cuomo uh said he's going to green light recreational marijuana in New York over the first hundred days of his third term uh in the Empire State what are your thoughts on Cuomo legalizing recreational marijuana over the next hundred days in New York State? well that's not I mean he can't that's not a thing that he can just, like, do. Yeah, he's outlined his not agenda, that yeah. Yeah, he came on and said that he wants to make it, you know, a pillar of his of his agenda and stuff going forward. Um, am I surprised that Andrew Cuomo's public position changed with the winds of what people say they want to try to be everything to everybody and have no backbone or real constitution ever? No, I'm not surprised. No, not shocking at all. Um, do I think that that's definitely a direction we need to head in as a state? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. So however we can get it done, get the conversation started, you know... He's no hero, and he should get no hero's response for it, certainly. Exactly. Um, yeah. But if, you know, the my the enemy of my enemy is my friend, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, I guess we'll close out with this one real quick. Just uh, Merriam-Webster, the dictionary people have released their word of the year for 2018. Did you guys see what it was? Mm-hmm. You know, you know what it was, right? What is it? What is it? Justice! That's right. Justice is the word of 2018. Uh, I mean... I like it. I'm not against the word justice. Uh, some of the other words that came up in the list were lodestar. Remember that was a hot word for like five minutes this year. Uh, epiphany and pansexual were all uh, things that were listed as 2018 potential words of the year. I think justice probably the good call here. Uh, word of the year. How do you how do you determine word of the year? Is this what they well, use like... the most? Is that what it is? Or like how it? I think it. Or here it says right here. Publisher said that it searches for words that spiked at different points in time throughout the year for multiple reasons. So that's how they determine it. So there you go. Justice. I guess that makes sense. All the discussions we've had. Boom, that's justice. Boom. Justice. All right. Uh, Good stuff. Let's get to this week's interview. Uh, It was was really nice to have uh, Aaron back on the show, uh, if for just this 
150 minute uh, burst of discussion where we did go all over the place. We, we, will, we will talk about the Mets. We talked a lot about teaching. We talked about grad school. We talked about award shows, uh, being cat parents. Uh, we talked about the upstate, uh, uh, sorry, the Utica theater crew with uh, Devin and Brianna. She's been doing it at the Uptown Theater and her improv class she did there. All sorts of stuff. Gluten free Christmas dishes. It was a lot of fun talking to her. And it's really funny, I think, when you hear the two of us talk because, you know, I. For all the people who can imagine me as some gruff, kind of like curmudgeon y high school history teacher, this persona that I've built for myself. Uh, Nobody yeah, pictures you as a gruff curmudgeon, except for you. I, I yeah. see you you picture yourself as a gruff yeah. curmudgeon. You're a really I nice guy. I don't see Higgins, you. Higgins, my You're kids don't. Guy. My, yeah, here yeah. on the show, I am. You should see my children. They dislike me very much. Um, no, because <laughs> Higgins is the epitome of like what you would want for your child as a kindergarten teacher. She is very invested and very. Uh, hands-on and creative in the way she deals with kids. And it was nice to talk to somebody who's in a lower grade range, that sort of K through six range that I am terrified of ever having to teach <laughs> because I feel like I would ruin them. So we get into that discussion, lots of stuff. Uh, let's let's do it. 50 plus minutes with my good friend, my love, Aaron Higgins. You've been here for like four minutes. Four minutes, and I immediately regret having you come in to do this for me. But it's been a long time, and I was way too lazy to look up. Are you? Is this chair hurting? Yeah, are you dying? No, I'm just like an old lady now, and I forgot <laughs> what it feels like to sit in a regular chair for regular people-sized chairs. I'm always throws me off to have a chair that's not on wheels when you're teaching. Yep. I feel like I'm a, a wheelie chair now. And I'm so used to chairs where it's like they're three and a half inches off the floor for little people. That's for tiny true. kindergarten students. So I'm like, I don't know what to do with all this chair. Uh, so just for the sake of when we have the inevitable school discussions, you don't have to tell people out there where you're teaching, but what grade are you teaching out there for the kids? So, kindergarten. And so kindergarten. So what age is that for people out there? So four to six. Four to six. So your kids are all four to six. My kids are all four to six. All my kids are like... 15 through 18. So we're on like, that's where our spectrums are when we <laughs> I see like you cringing. Opposite. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, they make me so uncomfortable at that age. See, your age kids make me uncomfortable. They're so funny at that age though. They are funny, but I always feel like I'm going to trip and, and like fall on one, one of them. Yeah, they're, they're very small and, sen- and I'm clumsy. So am I. You should see the amount of times I'm like, oh no, uh, oh sorry. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Miss Higgins didn't mean to elbow you in the face. Uh, of course, if you hadn't figured it out, of course, Aaron Higgins joining us. Uh, you may remember her from, I think was, I don't remember what episode it was that we... We did the 100th one recently. That was the most recent one. That you were, that you remember being on? Sure. No, yes. When did you, you were on like the first however many episodes of the show uh, as the initial... For the first 50 weeks, I would say, probably. So the first year? Probably the first year. You... I think we did the first year together. And I've talked about it many times. You were the initial uh, sales pitch of the show when I pitched it to Justin in Maiden Utica when I said what I was like I want to build this show 
for Aaron. I need to find someone to play off Aaron, and then I'll be the... That was like, that's like true love right there. That's the most romantic thing you've ever said well, to me. Well, you did not know that before? That was no, the whole... No, that's the first no, piece no, no, of information. No. I've. That's when, the first time I've heard that. Because I liked doing the podcasting, but I got sort of tired of hearing my own voice. I get and that. I was like, I like no, putting I get the it. shows together. I get it. And then it was like, well, how do I find this... Like, who do I find to counteract her as, like, this alternating point? And then, it, and then when I pitched the show to Justin, he's like, well, let's just do one with you and Kevin so I can hear what it sounds like. And then it just worked. Was well, then we just never stopped. We just said, he was like, all right, well, that's... Let's do it again next week, I guess. See what happens. Yeah, so... It and works. It, and now Heather is brilliant. She's probably going to be terrified that you're here, by the way. She always thinks that if she misses a week because she has a child and, like, a real, like, life... That I'm gonna like kick her off the show. She's so brilliant. I know she she's is. so lovely. She's so caring and yeah. wonderful. I think she's so amazing as a human no, and as great. a podcaster. And I told her that if even if you came in and were like, Sam, I have to come back to the show, Sam, I would probably just leave myself, and it would just be you and Kevin and mm. Heather, okay. and that'd be fine. And I would just lean out. I like again, that you're so like willing to bend to demands. I'm also just willing to stop talking. <laughs> I think it's like, that's like at some point I don't blame you, man. I, I think I, I get it. That's just the grad school in me talking. Like I've oh, just been so grad burned school. out. Uh, well, I want to ask you a very important question because I have some lined up stuff here. Oh my god! This is the most important question for any teaching thing that I can think of right now. Of course. When does your Christmas vacation start? You start next Friday. I start Friday's my last day. You're in Friday. Yeah, me too. I'm in the same. Time it is the day. most important question. It is. <laughs> bonkers right now in elementary school. I would say that in high school, and I'm very curious what your answer is on this, it almost, and I hate, to, I hate for us to sound so negative, it does almost feel like everyone's kind of just packed it in. For the, like, already the teachers are kind of like, well, we're not doing any assignments necessarily, and the kids are already sort of like, I'm not going to be on here Thursday and Friday. I totally get that from the high school standpoint. In elementary school, it's, um... We're doing more work, I That's think, That's kind of what I was going to say. I do more work in the next week than I do in most weeks because every single second has to be jam-packed or else you lose the kids. Yeah, when they're that, that age, y- you lose them. And I also want... This is going to sound like such a... I don't know. But you also want for them to have those moments when they're four, five, and six where they can say, oh my gosh, I remember when I did this in elementary yeah. school. And mm-hmm. I got to... Have a, we went caroling, or we made Santa Claus beards out of mm-hmm. cotton balls. Like you want to have as many of those moments crammed into kindergarten for those kids as you can. So this next week is like I'm just shoving excitement and and fun down their throats a little bit. Yeah, I think that that's something that my mom always yeah. talks about. Cause and I one of the things she always brings up with teaching is sort of the way that like teachers just sort of like uh, open source everything and everyone just sort of passes around materials, but. This sort of week, I feel like you almost have to get extra work in to try and catch up on anything. You don't want to go into that week missing up stuff, because after the week you come back, it feels like a whole new... It's a whole new ballgame. <laughs> like a... It is a whole new ball game in January. January, the kids come back, and they are completely different people. They're, like, ready to learn. The first half of the year in kindergarten is just teaching kids how to be students. Mm. Procedures, how to sit in chairs that size, how to hold their pencils, how to, you know, uh, stay focused on task, and it's... It's a lot of that, so now all of a sudden you turn the corner, you take a left, and January is like, oh my god, they're, they're students, and here we go. Okay, let's talk about uh, chemistry. I don't know what we talk about. Well, that's actually a great lead into what I was going to ask you. I think that with my age kids, I tend to think that outside of the core subjects that we're supposed to be teaching them, and you know, and we do a lot of geometry, we do a lot of like physics oh, yeah. and stuff like that, but I think the most important thing that I want to get 
my kids interested in at this age outside of school is like civic duty, right? And that's a big one. Yeah, that's a huge one. For you at this age, what's like the number one thing you want to teach these kids that's not like academic based? Like what kind of, is there a mentality? Do you want there's to- a, there's a mentality, it's a mentality thing. Exactly. Yeah, it okay. is, uh, you want to teach them a sense of wonder and curiosity. Okay, interesting. And you want to sort of teach them that school is not what their big brothers or big sisters have alluded them to think it is. Right. It is this magical place where you get to uh, have a volcano that shoots stuff up onto the ceiling and you, you have these great adventures, even though, you know, as you go through school, they get less and less exciting for them. The paperwork gets yeah. heavier and kids tend to get a little more grumpy. But in kindergarten, it's like, yeah, I'm going to shoot a volcano and hit the ceiling. I want you to think <laughs> that's the coolest thing we've ever done. We're going to hatch chicks. We're going to do all these amazingly cool things that you only would get to do here. So in order to do those things, in order to maintain that sense of like wonder and delight and excitement and adventure for the art of education, you want to get that in now. Well, it's important because I'll tell you right now, by the time they get to us... Yeah, they're miserable. It's... And I wonder if we were... Because we, were we miserable in high school? Were you oh, miserable? Oh, yeah. But were we... I don't know if we were miserable in this way because we couldn't express our misery on a digital, like, social media-based platform. I in think the way it's, that, the, it's the worst thing in the world for kids to have uh, social yeah. media. And it's it's hard. My sister struggles with her daughter because she's right at that 13, 14, 15 age. Such and, a touchy age. Yeah, and she wants that technology. And even if, you're, even if you're a parent who's like, I'm holding my kid back from this. They go to school and these other kids are like, I got, like, three cell phones. I got an iPad. And you're like, well... Now I'm just the jerk parent, and they're going to resent me for it, right? I mean, yeah, you're going to get those things. You're going to get that. Um, I don't have kids. You don't have kids. So for us, it's kind of like... Well, we have cats, Sam. But like... um, I have a about that, by the way. Good, great, excellent. Uh, I think that... I have no idea. We didn't have... Like you said, we didn't have any of that technology. So my, my big concern is when kids start to age and they go into it, and we see it in elementary school all the time, the amount of like... um stuff outpouring yeah. of stuff that comes out of these kids and mm-hmm. then it's public information and then it's like oh god there's i'm no, so glad we didn't have it i'm well, so glad we didn't have it there's no mystery if you're a kid anymore if you want to know something you can just know it yeah uh, good bad or otherwise yeah and it's yeah and we still I, I talk about this all the time with my grad school like conversations in in class it's like oh, grad school we're in such a weird time right now because every conversation is we need to have differentiated instruction in these old methods don't work and we have to come up with new plants and multimedia stuff and all these different ways to like interact with kids <laughs> but we don't have any of the stuff to do it right we have no money and no books and you can't just use the technology in a substandard way because that defeats the purpose of doing it <laughs> mm-hmm. we haven't totally made the jump from the old era of teaching to the new one i don't know when the big movement is it when every kid in every school gets a computer the second they walk in the door? Is I don't that know. the moment? Right. That's a really good question, too, because we, you know, I'm, I have a smart board, which is, which is like the coolest thing in the world. I don't know how anyone taught before a smart board. <laughs> it's true. With access to the well, internet. Well, they had the, what do you call the, the, the overhead projectors. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> the overhead projectors don't sing songs, though. No, so they don't. No. I don't know how anyone taught before uh, they made games on a smart board. My kids just absolutely love them, and I think they're hysterical. Oh, yeah. They're a rip. But, uh, you know, and we have a bunch of iPads in my classroom, but I tend to not use them more so than yeah. anything. There comes a point when you're like, when are we stopping? Like, when do we 
utilize technology to stop talking to kids. Like, it comes to that point, like, here, use this iPad, learn whatever you can from the internet and all the stuff that we're going to give you, and we don't have to talk to you. And I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's where things are going. I just hesitate to go that route a little bit. We're going to talk about award shows later, but I do wonder sometimes if teaching in the future does become sort of like your hosting platform. It's like, okay, kids, today we're going to watch this 40-minute lecture by this doctor of science from wherever. Because who teaches it better than the doctor who invented it or whatever? And I know there's some classrooms... um, even in my district where they have... I'm sorry, this big chair is totally weirding me out. <laughs> I'm going to put my feet on the floor. Like, I, I, like, I want you... You know what it is? I sit crisscross applesauce so frequently. Yeah, no, I'm with... So, Take like, the other non-pilot chair. No, I'm fine. This is like a moment for me. I'm just going to get used to this. Um, <laughs> so, okay, we were talking so, about being an educational um, there's, concierge. There's yeah. a... Uh, there, yeah, exactly. There's <laughs> a, uh, a classroom in the high school that teaches Mandarin Chinese as a language. Yep. And it's all Very done popular. with a smart TV. Yep. Like, there's no educator. The educator is through another, like, a college, and she just zaps in, and and there she is on the screen. And I find that to be, I I would get so lost because, like like we said, though, our generation, like, I was so bad at internet classes in grad school and all those things because I needed a human to talk to, but... I'm taking, we are certainly headed that direction. I'm taking an online course for this last oh. one. And I, I did well with the last one, but it was a history-based well, yeah, that's right, online really. course. And it's like, read a book. Tell me what you think about this chapter. Write a, yeah. an essay at the end, right? Mm-hmm. I do feel like, and this is my biggest problem I'm having with grad school at the moment. And let's I'm, talk about it. Let's talk about it because like, you've you've been through this. I did the grad school. I'm considering uh, the PhD next. Do you feel like when you were in grad school, and we we went to the same grad school? We certainly did with the same players and so, everything. Do you feel like a lot of the content repeats itself? Oh yeah. Is that, like, always been a thing with you? It feels like a lot of repetition over the same curriculum. Well, I'm not sure if you know this or not, or if you remember this, but I was asked to leave grad school. Oh, they said bye-bye. Three three times. (laughs) Not once, not twice, but three times. Um, I did a a little bit of arguing about that. Sure. And they were none too pleased with me and stuff. So, um, because a lot of it is repetition, and a lot of it is antiquated, Still, look, I I have like your master's is going to be in what? Uh, Adolescent education, seven through twelve. Okay, mine was a mine was a split. Mine was the dual split, so it was childhood and special education. Yep. Yep. So a lot of my special education classes, I felt at the time were super repetitious and super antiquated and super close minded, and I just got so frustrated with it. So after a while, you sort of I I don't know if it's this is going to sound bad, but after a while you just write the papers they ask you to write until you're out of there. Yep. Like, you're not going to make... I, I, I realized after my third leave of absence that I wasn't going to make them change their ways. You know? Like, get out into the world and then do those things. Get out in the world, take your stance, but grad school's really not the place to do it, which is kind of a shame. I'll tell you the truth. One of my... This was a tough semester for me because both my classes ended up sort of being around the same thing. Yeah. One of them was... Literacy in adolescent oh, social studies. Oh, literacy right? in childhood education and then, was a bummer. And then the other one was like interdisciplinary literacy, which is like how do you teach literacy Reading for each through, program, Which, right? by the way, it seems really hard on paper. They make it out to be a whole class, but it's super easy. Yo, you just I, teach people how to read everywhere you go. I gotta show you it's this. It's not really that hard. I gotta find the book for you. It's It was a book by a guy named Todd Whitaker. It's called like 17 oh, Reasons That a Great Teacher... Teaches is great. BLA or yeah or whatever right yeah and it in like at the end of each chapter it bumps it, it buffers it with like this little quote 
Like, of course it does. Like, the best teachers put mind over matter, Ooh. not matter over mind. I'm like, that doesn't mean you anything. You know what? Now I'm inspired. <laughs> now I'm inspired. You got me. I wasn't inspired before, but... I wish that... You know, I actually have one really good teacher this year who I'll... We'll discuss names afterwards. I wouldn't... Of course. Wouldn't, she was great. Phenomenal teacher. Oh, I had, a, I had a lot of yeah. really good teachers, yeah. But most of that course was like, here's how to make a lesson plan. Here is how to... Meat and potatoes stuff. Yeah. Stuff the, you're going to actually need to know. Not this, not this like, otherworldly, it's important that you teach literacy throughout your curriculum. Like, I get it. Okay, now teach me how to do that. Yeah, or, that's a one-sentence exactly, like, lesson. But not, you don't need it to be an entire thing. It was, those were the classes that you really needed. Those are the classes that really matter. The stuff about how to teach a lesson plan, how to talk to parents. I really hmm. feel like grad school should have a way to how do you figure out how to talk, especially when you come elementary school. High school, you don't really deal with parents as much. I don't know if that's a, um, I might have made that up. Is like, do you have conferences and stuff? You deal with less parents, but when you have to deal with parents at a high school level, it's usually for a reason that is oh, relatively yeah. significant, right? Whether yeah, it's I get whether that. it's somebody whose grades are just absolutely tanking through the floor and they're okay. not showing up to class, or it's some sort of emotional. Ish. We have to come into a counselor's office issue. Got so it. usually, when you have to deal with parents, it's a shame and. This is just my hot take. I hate parent-teacher conferences. It feels... And this is just from my outside perspective of being at a high school level... I get that. ...parent-teacher conference where a parent comes in, in front of the counselor, and all the... And then they just line up the teachers who come in with, like, paperwork. Just like, here's how poor that's your That's how they do it in high school? Oh, my God. Because all the teachers are different... Cause oh, that's true. I teach everything. Every kid... Gets like seven teachers, right? Oh, that's right. So it becomes like a, a firing zone where the, the parent has to sit oh. there with their hand on their head, like, my God, why every teacher lays out the same story, which is like, your kid skips my class. Here's all the work they're skipping. They could probably do it if they showed up to class, but they don't show up to class, that's right? That's horrible. And then I have to be there with like the, you know, my port of the program and my port, my port of the program. I know what you mean. And, um, I almost, by the time it gets to me, I end up being the guy who's like, hi, it's nice to meet you. Let's talk about, like, what we can do emotionally and concern, you know, yeah. Because you, you feel like, I don't want to pile on this poor woman who's probably, like, stressed out or this, <laughs> this poor family who came in. It's just, it's, un, it's not a perfect model, certainly. But wouldn't that be a great class to take? How to handle those situations? Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, there should be sections of grad school. Because I deal with parents in a much different way. I talk to parents every single day all of my parents. I talk to most of my parents continually throughout the day. Like, we will keep a running conversation. Yeah. I see my parents a lot. My phone is constantly on fire with parents, which is great because at that age, it's super helpful for us to keep open lines of communication. But there should be a way that we should say, hey, in grad school, here's the practical stuff that nobody's going to be able to assist you with. How do you navigate stuff with when you have an issue with your boss or an issue with the team you teach with? How do you navigate parent-teacher conferences, parent communication? What paperwork do you need to keep? Which paperwork do you not need to keep? My first year in the classroom all by myself, I was like, oh, my God, do I need to keep every scrap of paper in case somebody... Like, yeah, I, it was, I know what you, mean. You, you You almost feel mm -hmm. really unprepared when you walk in. But I think, eh, whatever. You'll get there. I think it... Uh, 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 I don't know. So let me... Let me ask you this question. I always... Uh, I've said before on the show, I think my biggest problem in terms of like a general issue with my grade has been probably struggling with like the the blind curse of like social media, cyberbullying. Like it exists in a world that both parents and teachers can't really 
crack and monitor the, anyway. And the legal aspect of that is really yeah. bonkers. Really hard to know what you can approach and how to approach the problem if a kid's having it and whether or not they want to do it. It's just, there's a lot of stuff. There's that, a lot to yeah. navigate there. For you at your age range, what would you say is the biggest issue, your biggest concern you've seen pop up over the last few years? My biggest concern popping up over the last few years. Um, I think that a big issue that I have as an educator, and I mean, here's the thing. We could take this from an outside mm -hmm. perspective looking into education. We could take this as education on a whole and the gremlin that's currently running the education department. Oh, yeah. And all of that, and all of that absolute. I like how she's never once answered a question. In, They're since like, she's been Bats, two and a half years. What do you think about you? You recommended pulling funding from public schools to go to charter schools. How do you feel about that? Um. Well. Um. In charter schools, we have great science. Like what? <laughs> Where did you go? How did we get there? Like I don't know. They should do. They should do a skit with her on SNL where any question is like that. It's like, Betsy, what do you want to go for dinner? You know, all restaurants serve food. All food is made in a kitchen. And if our kitchens aren't clean, then what are we doing? Yeah. Like, what? So. She, she's a bonkers. <laughs> she's. And I, you almost, you watch her and you watch her do these pressers and you watch her do these Q&As and you're like, have you ever stepped foot in a public, like public school? No. No. She hasn't. No. Have you ever stepped foot in an educational situation at all? No, she hasn't. She's just some bonkers. All right. So. You could go from that aspect, obviously. Sure. You can go from that angle looking inward. You can go from the generals. Are you feeling all right? Oh, yes, got a... I got, you yeah. got like a thing? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Give me two seconds. Go ahead. Keep right, going. Just keep Do your spiel. Oh, your okay. Spiel. I'm going to spiel without you. Spiel it out. Um, I think probably my biggest issue right now moving... It feels so strange to talk to myself. This is a very unnatural feeling for me. I'm sorry. I spent the whole time talking about how it's weird to sorry talk to myself. Sorry about that. I had a little... I was like, so, listeners... <laughs> I've done nothing but drink coffee and clean up the house all day. I'm getting oh, a little, you're yeah. getting one of those old man puffs. Mm -hmm. All right, I am. so all right, hold on. I, I will pull this back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that I want to get help for every kid with every single thing. Yes, like I want all the services to come in and help my kids without there being uh, paperwork involved or issues involved. Like let's just help children without there being labels or. All this stuff. And I say that as a special educator as well. I think that we can do a better job right now in the system of having a more fluid uh, structure of assistance for kids. Like, not everything has to be either a kid is in typical education or special education. Like, l all right, let's ease up a smidge. And let's just talk about maybe having a kid who needs a little extra handwriting work or OT work. And it's gotten a lot better. It's gotten a lot better. It's gotten a lot uh, easier to sort of do that kind of thing. But, you know, we can always make jumps. We can always make growth. I find it, I find it both accommodating and frustrating at the same time, which is, again, is contradictory, but that is... But it is what it is. It, yeah. Like, I, I've seen so many different, like, alternating classes and programs they've offered for kids who struggle one way or the other to, like, find a way to get into, oh, you can't take this math, you can take business math, you can take this kind of math. There's 9,000 different forums for it, but... The system also kind of is built for kids to get overwhelmed. Oh, this kid failed Geometry 9. So instead of holding him back, we're going to put him in Geometry 9 remedial while also having him in Geometry 10 at the same time so he won't fall behind. It's like, how does that even work? How do you start? You just push kids. You push, like, push, oh push. You know, my biggest issue with the upper grades is mm. the uh, college readiness. 
And I say that. Ready for this? Yeah. I say that like this. That's what I do for a living. As I know. My guy, I know. And the schools themselves don't do much otherwise. I know. And I think that all kids don't need to go to college. And you, more than anybody, know that. Not oh, yeah. every child is going to be um, a Columbia scholar. I mean, like, not every kid is going to do that. That's not the path that every kid needs to choose. And the fact that we don't discuss a trade education program to the best of its extent, the fact that even now we hang up banners in schools that's of the graduating seniors, I don't yeah. know, that's like, I'm going to Yale. I'm going. And then, like, you never want to go to MVCC or a college of that caliber, which was an amazing preparatory program for people. I went there. I needed it. Like, um, I went there after I dropped out of my first two mm-hmm. schools. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I was a little out of order, but I did it. No one wants to put that up because it's still seen as, like, not good enough. Not enough. Not We're not here enough. It's that race to the top stuff to an extent where we're going to be the best of the best of the best. Mm. But we're a public school system, a public school country, where we take every kid and every child deserves the right to have this education so why don't we just uh embrace that and let everyone have these lives that they're gonna live it's a shame i just wrote this big giant paper about how like uh like wealth disparity between Mm -hmm. like those who do and don't and how it affects like public education and kids getting into college it's big and a lot of the transition that goes from like used to be need-based to merit-based and now these kids who especially a lot of my kids are into this problem right you are like low-income house, you're sharing a room with three other sisters and brothers, you don't have a lot. If you don't pass this algebra region, you won't get into college for free, right? That's a lot of pressure to put on a kid it's who... Huge. It's just just it's the huge. concept of it. And even all the help you provide them, it's still a lot in that moment for a kid. You mean, oh, it's I, huge. It's enormous. Do you want to move away from school stuff? Is there any school stuff you want to discuss before we move away from No, I'm that? good. I like crayons. I do like, you know what's funny? My kids are making Christmas cards as community service in the classroom. That's adorable. And even at high school, it's funny to watch, like, kids who are, like, teenagers and super cool. Oh, no, you, man. You get out crayons? Yeah, are you crayons kidding me? Yeah, and construction paper. Oh, and just like, markers? Oh, check it out. I'm making a snowman, dude. Yes, <laughs> of course you are. You are making the best snowman right now. Um, I do want to say one quick thing. Yeah. I want to say that my kindergarten team, there's five classrooms in mm-hmm. my kindergarten team. We raised $1,000. Ooh. Uh, the kids, not the adults. Oh, okay. Yeah, all the kids. Yeah, I just put in a thousand bucks and called it a day. No, <laughs> and so tomorrow we uh, spoke to our good friend over Rachel Murphy over at WKTV. Ah, yes. She's gonna come and do our little story. Hey, so there it's you gonna go. be so much fun. We're gonna give nice. it to the food pantry. It's very exciting. Very nice. Look at you guys. I know. You're you're pretty good. Uh, with all, like, gathering people up together to do stuff. I you're love good. that. That's so my jammy jam. As my my favorite person from Maiden Utica to sneak off while we're at an event to hide off and talk about other things for yes. 10 minutes with. Yeah, yes. good time. It's always nice to... I love to hide with you. I love to whisper with you in at social events. That's why this whole podcast really got going initially, was that you and Kevin and I are great <laughs> we whisperers. Just whisper. We love to... Like, even in our prior life, we just like, let's go somewhere well, else. Well, just not being around <laughs> other people. And, like, we're in the event. It's not like we're bad Maiden Utica people. We're just like to whisper sometimes. It's long events sometimes especially when you're doing community stuff and you're around and let's get real everyone just wants to talk to Katie she's very popular she's the most popular one (laughs) Justin's popular but here's the thing with Justin that no one really talks about when our friend Ferris's kids are there oh yeah they abduct Justin yeah so So he's not even around if he's in an event and those kids show up he's not really around anymore because those kids steal him away like they're his I don't blame them he's a good uncle he's a great uncle he's a great uncle Uncle Justin's a great uncle 
Let's. Uh, I want to dig into three things here. Well, I got a bunch of things that I wanted to talk about. This is so exciting. Uh, so earlier this was last month. You had asked my permission to use the Uticast Twitter to live stream. What was it the the John Legend Christmas special? The John Legend Christmas and Chris, special and Chrissy Teigen Christmas special. That <laughs> I had all this permission set up with you. I was like, hey, can we do this? This is going to be super silly and it'll be fun. And then I found out it was at ten o'clock on a school night. <laughs> did, and then I went to bed you, instead and never actually. Did you watch it? No, I haven't <laughs> seen it still. I heard it's good. I hear it's really uh-huh. charming, but. If you were going to live stream one of these award shows, because you're, oh, you're a big yeah, award show. Oh, yeah, sign me up. Which I one would it. you be the most interested in? We got the Grammys, because I think the Grammys one just came out. Yes, I was just talking about that, what albums I would have, which if I had a Grammy vote, I, what I would I, vote for. Can I vote for albums from like 10 years ago? Because Honestly, <laughs> I was at the point where so I was like, what are that, who was that? The only person I knew, well, I knew Cardi B. I know Cardi B. I sh- Janelle Monet. I had Janelle Monet's oh, album, I that like album. Is, do you have Dirty Computer yet? I've listened to... Wow, that album is so good. It's very uh, sexy. Yes, it's such a good album, though. (laughs) I pulled up the Grammy list on the smart board for the kids, either Friday or Thursday, and I said, hey, kids, here's a list of the the albums that are up for, like, album of the year. Do you know any of this? Like, are you familiar with these things? Because I'm only familiar with, like, three of them. I know one. They knew knew a couple I'd never heard of. They knew Cardi B, obviously. They knew someone called Her, H.E.R., well, that's a new one. Is I it a robot? Couldn't tell you. Not Fingers a crossed it's a robot. Uh, and then Post Malone was on there, and I said, hey, kids, do you? is that still a thing that you like? Is it still a thing that they like? I saw he just did a collaboration with Crocs. They like them. It was like on my Twitter feed that Post Malone's Crocs had sold out. Yeah, it's basically I was Crocs like, Wait, what? <laughs> that look like they have face tattoos on them, like little dumb. Oh, no way. Yeah, they're pretty... Uh, oh, I want Post Malone Crocs. <laughs> I kind of respect the, the Post Malone thing. Like, I, I didn't get it at first, but I also am 30 three almost yeah so i'm not probably supposed to get it i didn't get it at first either and then i thought he was trying to be very tough and very scary and i, no, I don't i couldn't name a like single it. one of his songs not a single one the one that's up for the this award i've heard and it's it's catchy it makes sense that, that is he like a pop music or does he rap i'll show it to you afterwards okay. it's, it's but then i, I saw him take it. jimmy fallon to the olive garden <laughs> oh and God. i was so sold Mm. On whatever shtick he was selling, because he was charming and kind and like soft spoken, and you oh, really, yeah. I, I would have never in a million years expected that to be the case. Never. Uh, I'm sorry. I, what What was the question? Well, the question was, uh, if you were doing a All live right, stream, Grammys. Was it Grammys, Oscars, Emmys, Tonys. I feel like the easy answer is Oscars is the easiest one. To Oscars do. is easy. I love. I usually live stream the Tonys, um, because I am, as we all know, the resident. Broadway musical nerd, <laughs> like hardcore nerd, big old nerd. Couple and so I just kind of like group my, my Twitter is made up of two very distinct, or mm-hmm. three very distinct groups. Okay, four. One is my actual <laughs> real life friends. So like sure. you guys, it's it's mainly just, you know, you guys, Mel. Like yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, uh, Mets, Mets, Mets Twitter. Yep. All Mets Twitter. Yep. Uh, the gays from Broadway. Yep. Oh, yeah. And all of that aspect of it. Did I say four? You said four. Huh. Giants? No, not really. No one wants to talk about how bad they are. Mm. I had a fourth batch? Wait, there was four. I assume you just follow all the Saquon Barkley like fan sites. Just First like... off, I um, have scheduled my haircut. I, I was going to cut my hair like Odell Beckham. Oh, I see. Because I really, I, really, <laughs> I really appreciate his, his outward... <laughs> <laughs> appearance with and his, and his conversations about yes. mental health. Yes. 
You know, he's like, a very interesting guy. Actually, he's a very right. interesting, very smart guy. But yeah, Saquon, have you seen the size of that dude's thighs? Oh my land and stars! I've never seen anything quite like it. We'll we'll make this the quick sports section because I had one more sports section. I'll say this: a lot of the Giants fans and like my stepdad is. I'm a, missing the game right now. I was gonna say thank you for missing the game. Um, I'm not sure if you saw what was happening. I'm missing in the, the game. Bills game too, it, by the way. It's not on TV today. They I'm, took it was, off TV because it was. Uh, it was the one o'clock game. Yeah, it was a Fox stream. It was a Fox stream, yeah. and what they did was they bumped a bunch of stuff around, and CBS ended up pulling up the giant. Was it CBS? I don't care. The Giants Titans game, which was a snooze, which yes. is why I'm okay with missing it today. We're not going to make the playoffs, no. and um, you're better off. It's fine. I'm okay with it. Uh, it's a rebuilding year, and um, is that what you say when everyone loses? It's a rebuilding it's year. It's been a rebuilding year in Buffalo for a damn near fifteen years. I'm thinking sixteen, give or take, and then. Um, it was the Cowboys and the Colts, the which Colts I watched. For I attempted to watch twenty seconds of it, and I couldn't even look at it. No. Their uniforms. Here, here's a real old man argument for you. Their uniforms look too much alike for Can't my crummy glasses. Can't couldn't figure straight. out what I was looking at. No, they're all silver. They're all blue. I'm bored. <laughs> Let's talk about Bob Cano for a second. Let's. The newest New York Met. You are the biggest New York Mets fan I know. I would say. I am. Uh, I and so am. Your enthusiasm for the Mets actually. I don't like the Mets necessarily, wow. but I it makes me sort of root for them as a pro, the way that I root for like Everton. Underdog. Yeah. The way that our buddy Justin is an Everton football club supporter. Yes. And they're like kind of scrappy. Yes. It makes me kind of want to root for them for his sake. Yes. Same with the Mets for you. Yeah, that's the same with the Bills for me and you. Um, uh, please, you can give it's fine. Okay. I don't, I don't even want them to be good. I so want the Bills. To, I want the Bills to be like phenomenal. I'd like them to so stink good. for a couple years and then just get tons of draft picks, and then maybe they'll get good out of nowhere. Well, we've been trying that for the past. All right, so yes, I yeah. love the Mets. Um, as we all know, winter meetings just ended. Oh yes, of course, our winter meetings correspondent. Our winter meetings correspondent. It's me. I'm back. I'm fresh off the plane from Vegas. Yeah, this whole interview is actually a whole lead up to talk about the winter meetings. Is why we. I have so much to say about the winter meetings, and a lot of it is why did nothing happen at the winter meetings? Nothing ever happens at the winter meetings. Such a snooze. Brody Van Wedgren is our new um, what's his face and GM, and I really like him mm-hmm. because he came in. He's like, listen, I'm not here to be a bad guy, but it's not going so well. So, <laughs> let's shake it up a smidge. And he made some changes that I didn't love right off the mm-hmm. bat. As we all know, my beloved Wilmer Flores ate, ate <laughs> dust in the offseason. But we didn't have to watch him cry this time, which was much better on me and my soul. Um, because remember the last time he got traded and he cried in the field and they didn't trade him because he was too busy crying and they were like they felt bad about it, so they decided to not trade him. I should have put a three-minute limit on you talking about the Mets. I don't blame like you. Uh, but <laughs> the only thing I want to say is this. The Yankees made some moves. They got Hap and What's-His-Face. It doesn't move the meter for me. I said. Well, guess who they're today. meeting with tomorrow. Oh, Manuel. Manuel Machado. They're meeting with him on Wednesday. You know, is it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. They're meeting with Manuel. Uh, uh, you know what, though? He's such a dirtbag. You're you're going to look at me and roll your eyes. I am. I'm already rolling um, my eyes. Keep him in, ba- keep him in Baltimore. Baseball... Is so much lower on my list than it was five. Years. I, the only so, the, soccer is the only one for me right now that's like making me excited. Oh, like I I woke up to watch Liverpool today and I'm just, it was so important. I know. That's the thing though, like, and it's honestly, and I, I don't mean to be like pretentious when I say it. Oh, it's just something I, you really enjoy. You're I allowed watch, to enjoy things. But I watch a Bills game now, and I, it's really hard for me to like even get invested. It's just like I, there's so many commercials and it takes so long and it's so grindy and they're not exciting to watch. And I don't play fantasy anymore, 
I don't know if you're playing fantasy this year or not. I'm not doing anything okay. this year other than It's really than watching. killed it for me. I can't believe how much of an impact it had on me caring about, like, It's a big one. It's a really big one. Hmm. But, however, whenever I play fantasy, I do this magical thing where I just draft my own players. Yep. So, um, yeah. like, I've played fantasy baseball many, many years, and all I do is draft the entire Mets roster, and they're like, why would you do that? I'm like, because I'm loyal. I'm making a stance. And then it just, like, this is about, this is about, this is a brand. I'm just repping the brand. I do the opposite of that with the Bills. I'm like, who's playing the Bills this week? Yeah, I'll I'm going to take T.Y. Hill in yeah. and, yeah. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any shopping Christmas stuff you want to get out of your way? No, you, I'm done. You're done shopping. Yes. Did you go anywhere? <laughs> no. All digital, yeah. smart. Well, I did all my shopping at Apple this year. Oh, that's good. I bought good. myself all the apples, <laughs> and just, you went to an orchard. Just bought I just went to an orchard. I got those pink ladies. They are <laughs> delicious, and I will be very excited when I find them under my tree. No, I got myself those that I got myself one of the Apple Watches. I'm surprised you're not wearing it. Are you waiting to open it? I'm until waiting to open it. I very... sent you a picture of the box. <laughs> open it over your wrist. It was very striking. <laughs> I was so excited for it to come in the mail that I just took a picture and sent it to you of the box that it came in over my wrist. Like, like how cool I am. <laughs> it's rose gold, and it. I'm pretty sure it drives my car. It's so fancy. I don't know what on earth I'm gonna do with it, but I had to have it. Uh, I've not yet gotten myself a Christmas gift. I usually buy myself one. Yeah. Uh, I have not this year. Uh, I'm probably going to wait to get myself a birthday gift because it's only like three weeks later. Three weeks, yeah. um, your, your Christmas present that I bought you um, has not arrived yet, even though it was slated to arrive a good six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure it's mm-hmm. not arriving at mm-hmm. this point. Um, but I do have a gift sitting in front of me if you want to open it. Uh, that's fine because I also have a gift uh, for you if you want to do Christmas gift okay, exchange. Ready? Here. However, I have a caveat as well. I love this. I didn't wrap this before I gave it to you. So I had to put this in a bag for the sake of you not seeing the gift while we were doing this podcast. Awesome. Long story short, I need this bag back when we're done. Okay. Because I have to put someone else's Other mug stuff. back into it. Too late. I'm going to rip it Don't now. rip it. I'm going to so lick the bag. Here. So let's this is see. for you. It's a technically a gift oh, for later. I like how fancy it is. Thank you. Is this appropriate for right now on the show? Yes, it's totally appropriate. You, <gasps> if you have this already, please tell me, by the way. I don't. Oh. oh. Yeah, for, oh. for you folks wondering, I got her a Keith oh. Hernandez t-shirt you that I found. You know how much I love Keith Hernandez, and I have I love this brand to the you, 500 level. Do you remember the weird conversation I had with you via... About t-shirts? About t-shirts. And about, I was like, Aaron wears a, this size. Yeah, that was my whole plan. You really were, And this is, is this some sort of crafting bracelet that okay, you've got? Okay, but even it says, it says it's male bonding. Male bonding. So I figured yes. you could do, it's <laughs> chain mail. It it's chain show. mail friendship bracelets. <laughs> but really, it says male bonding on the front of oh it, which God. just absolutely... I gotta take a picture me. of it. Here. And I like was dying Where's the entire my, time. I don't have my phone on me. Give I, me your phone for a second. Here, okay. And here's so your here's, bag back. All right, awesome. So here's what I gotta do. Recycler. I, my well, phone's at six whole percent, so. Well, that's fine. Don't Just load your do camera. anything of so great hold this. I'm holding my. Yeah, oh hold my god, I love Keith Hernandez. And then here. I'm Did gonna, you see that I tweeted about him this morning while he was eating his acai bowl in that's, Florida? I actually saw that when I was setting the show up, and I was very pleased. All right, ready? One. All right, now you need to send me that picture so I can okay, put it for I'm a on thing. It. I got it. Awesome. Thank Here's you so much. Chain mail. I like it. I'm going to use it tonight. Thanks. You know, you know who would actually really like this? Justin. Is my niece. Oh. She loves I was like, the, Justin. Yeah, yeah. Justin also would like I this. I know. His uh, penchant for bracelets really is what. 
He loves any sort of like craftiness. I know he does. But that um, said male bonding on the front, I could not stop laughing. We're very male bondy. I know. Especially because now tonight you're going to do all that man bonding stuff. Oh, we're watching wrestling tonight. It's mm-hmm, a wrestling pay per view. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. true. It's wrestling, man wrestling. This I picture do... of me is awful. No, it's good. Whatever. I'll send it to you later. Uh, so normally when, okay. uh, when people who have families and children come on, we do parent corner with them. Because oh, we don't have fun. we don't have kids. <gasps> Is it Cat Corner? Uh, we're going to do Cat Mom, Parent Corner. Cat Mom. You have two cats at the I house. I do. Uh, now, do you have the dog at the house as well? No, I have two dogs, and they both live with Tom and Cindy. Okay. My folks. But you live with just the two cats. I have just the two. If you had a dog, it would offset it, but how many cats would it take for people to start considering Crazy Cat Lady? Oh, I four? think the two was pretty... No, you, no, no. Two is a companion uh. for the one. You, you need... Yeah, they're, you si- they're get away sisters. With two cats. I had to get sisters because yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't I'm not spending all day in but my if, apartment. If you had, I think three is really where I started drawing the line. Maybe four. I feel like three is really pushing up against it, but you can get away with like I had well, two, and then this third one showed up, and I couldn't stop it. Okay, right? here's the question: How old am I, and how single am I? All of this, like, so right now I'm 33, and I don't, I don't have the man. Careful with that. What is it? That's a laser pointer for Charlie. Oh, I'm sorry. And, no, it's fine, but if he sees you he or did. hears it... Oh, he did. Yeah, oh, no. His he, ears just went up. Oh, no, you totally... I'm sorry, Charles. <laughs> Go snuggle with the rock. Oh. Yeah, did yeah, you see that I put the rock yeah, down yeah, there for him? I was like, Charlie, just just be cool when the guy friends come over. Uh, no, I think that... I think that I'm 33. Part, yeah. I'm 33 right now. I'm a school teacher, which is mm-hmm. classically... Uh, like a spinster uh, profession. <laughs> yeah, you know, because you already have enough kids where you're like, <laughs> where I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, it's fine. I get enough bodily fluids on me on a day. <laughs> I just go home. Um, and I love, I love my job very much. I would, I'm very honored to do it. Um, mm. But I think I'm 33 and I'm single, and so the two cats is good. Yeah. <laughs> I think more cats than that is where you start, like you said, rubbing up against the crazies. What about you? I mean, how many cats would it take for you to be deemed as a nutcase? I don't think I would get another pet right now. I like Charles and I as a package deal at the moment. But Charles is such a roamer. Like, he's got a life outside of yeah, here. but that's why I appreciate it. I know. That's why I'm yeah, saying, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. why I had the two cats, because they don't have lives outside of the apartment. Right. It's the fact that Charles is a converted street cat and that he likes to just be out in the world doing world you stuff. You are also a converted street cat. I know. A house cat made from the... You can't take the street out of the cat. No. That's why me and Justin are actually, at the end of the day... In re, no joke, that's probably why me and Justin are friends. We're both, like, former street cats you're who just have been both forced to be indoors. <laughs> now you're living in a house with curtains. Uh, Curtain, Nice curtains at that. That was my mom's idea to get curtains. Yeah, so you don't make well, your house look nicer. Well, I'm just saying, last time I was here, no curtains. Uh, for all of our gluten-free friends out there, what's a quick holiday gluten-free dish you can share that you've used in the past for them? Rum. Oh, I'm Wrong. sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, like I've got to put an in an oven? No, if you've ever had to go to like a party or something. Oh, like, yeah. Like... Um, I think the easiest thing I can whip up and take to a party is booze. Booze. <laughs> Good. Yes. Yeah, sort of I'm sponge. really trying. I'm like wrapping my my brain. Salads, but that's so boring and yeah. such a snooze fest. So I think if you're gonna do a party and you're going somewhere and you have a gluten free friend, um, you can do like a lasagna. They have gluten free uh, lasagnas yeah. or or Meats? Meats, like a whole ham. Just like a ham and some <laughs> rum, maybe. I don't uh, know. I make cookies. I just made cookies yesterday, but they're not easy. Uh, and before we get into some very quick lightning round questions, yes. and I let you go, uh, I want to ask you about your experience at uh, doing the improv stuff with oh, uh, my Brianna God. And, and Devin Mahoney of Are the Uptown Theater. Are they not just the most fantastic 
humans. So pleased that they've decided to just, like come back and do their thing here. They're the nicest people. They are the nice. I'm like, how? Why are you so nice? Didn't L. A. Like, aren't you jaded? <laughs> it ruined you. Shouldn't you be like miserable? <laughs> no, that you got to understand. They're they that made them nicer. We're miserable because it's cold and we're from New York and it's cynical and we're teachers and the world is we mean lack, to us. We lack palm trees and paychecks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They were, give them a couple more years and then they'll be. I can't wait until they're so, they're cold. I can't imagine until Devin's just the most miserable, I don't see heartless. He's not being supportive of his improv groups anymore. He's like, you suck at this. Just get off the stage. I can't no, wait. he's really good. Oh my God, are you kidding me? He is the most... Like, I, I don't even know how to put it, but he he takes people who, like, I have no talent whatsoever, and he nurtured them, and, and he, he cared for people, and he was so supportive and so confident in them and when people have no confidence in themselves, and he's just positive. He's a positive guy. Uh, it's I loved it. I thought it was great. I'm sorry. I wanted to go back and do improv, too. I didn't fit in my schedule right now, but there's also a stand-up class. Coming up that I wanted to I'm think about. I'm actually more interested. I told him when I, I'm, I went, I stopped by very quickly when they had their. Schwang. Uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, Thanksgiving Eve thing that I couldn't make, of course. For like an hour and a half. But uh, Devin and I took a walk over to the where the improv stage was and he was showing me all the. So the, cool, right? Really beautiful. He did a nice beautiful. job with it. Beautiful. They were sort of talking about like a creative writing class, which for me, I was like, mm-hmm. They were doing one right now and, uh, or they were doing a, like a sketch writing class. Hmm. Uh, the night opposite of mine that I did improv. So there's so many of the people that were doing improv were also doing the sketch writing class. You don't even understand how many people you meet doing something of that caliber. Or people are come out of the woodwork to be in this event, and you don't even realize how many people are funny and creative like that in the area until you do it. Because you don't have an opportunity to showcase it or a reason necessarily to get that out. But some exactly. people are calling for it, right? You have to have that. I'm surprised you don't go a little more stir crazy because you're a creative type, and I feel like you don't always have a platform. That's why you needed a podcast for people to come hear well, you talk. Yeah, I'm just saying. I teach kindergarten though, so I do a lot that's of true. crayon art. So I do less creativity. See, that's the difference. My entire life is like I pull out all kinds of stuff to keep them entertained and to keep them mm-hmm. guessing and involved. So, uh, let me run through a couple. All right, quick... I'm ready. I'm so ready. Uh, and just, again, for folks who want to follow you on Twitter, of course, it's Aaron underscore new underscore shoes. Oh, that reminds me. Oh, sure. Yeah. When we did the podcast, how about this? Why did we never have a segment where we talked about the news and it could have been news shoes? We did. It was called News with New Shoes. And that was, a, oh. you pitched that to me like oh. in week three. You know oh. that, right? It's been a while. I know oh. you. Okay. <laughs> Good. Great. I'm glad you're back. Wow. Uh, Really? Yes. Did it go well? We had a theme song. Oh my God. Did I write the theme song? Was it the man from St. Elmo's Fire song? No, it was the same thing we always do. We didn't write a theme song. Oh, we we just just, pirated it from the internet. No, we just sang the words like, new shoes. Oh, that's that's right. That's all we did. Do you remember the time I thought I wrote a theme song for the podcast, but it was really just man in motion? Yes, that's right. It was Saint Elmo's Fire. That's right. I, you know, what's funny. Um, <laughs> you were like, wait a minute. I know this song. That's I was like, funny. No, you know. That's one of those things where I knew we were we were meant to be together forever. Was uh, you found so much enjoyment out of that? Love There's another song. one that I like. It's from the movie Critters. Okay, you remember Critters? Yeah, of course I remember Critters. Gremlins. Yes, of course I remember Critters. Look up the song one of these days. Power of the Night by Johnny Steele, which is a song they wrote for the movie. Oh, consider it done. All, I'll know all the words by tomorrow. Yeah, power of the night, streets are calling. Mm. Uh, all right. 
So let's do a couple quick lightning round questions. I've already gone. I've already kept you here far longer than I planned. I'm cool with it. I'm into it. Uh, Aaron Higgins, Mm -hmm. if you had to find another line of work with the skills that you have now, with the skills I have, yeah, with your current skill set that's on your resume, what do you think would be a good fit? Oh, that's a really good question. Mm. Maybe a dog groomer. Dog groomer. I have no idea. I was actually thinking about that a couple days ago. That's another one. Or I go work at as like a zoo, maybe a zookeeper. I'd be a zookeeper. All right, I can get behind that. I mean, that's kind of the same. Uh, what? I'd love to be a doctor, but I'm, I don't dare go back to medical school. What's the most embarrassing style or fashion phase you ever participated in? Oh, God. Turtlenecks under flannel shirts. Circa fifth grade. Mm. Bangs, glasses, braces. That was a mm. trio that was unstoppable in I'm grade. trying to think of when... Turtleneck has, like, a weird cycle of when it's in and out. Like, sometimes it's in, but very briefly it feels like. I definitely had a mock turtleneck period when I was really into my Italian phase. My hair was real short. Most of my, most, like, I went on a, I wasn't, oh, high school platform flip-flops. With the cork on the bottom? The cork on the bottom. Hell yeah. But honestly, since then, I've just kind of been dressing the exact same way, which is gigantic men's flannel shirt and leggings. Hey, it's what I wear. So, like, we're kind of in the same. Let's be real for a second. I have a crew neck sweater, then a hooded sweatshirt over that, and then a cardigan over the hooded sweatshirt, but then the hood over the cardigan, right? Cause I mean, I, it's kind of, well, that's like a great look where you wear a hooded sweatshirt under a denim jacket, and then you flip the hood out. Yes. Over yes. the denim jacket, that's been, an awesomely sexy look. I've been doing that one for. A I long am wearing time. Uh, really soft. You have to touch those. These are from Loft. They're so. Oh nice. wow, those I are know. nice. I and then um, a T-shirt from Lemoyne that's like about Dolphy Day because my brother went Dolphy to Day. Wow. Yeah, it was a big deal. They were dolphins. And then a men's flannel, and now my Keith Hernandez T-shirt over all. I of it. was afraid you had that already. No, I have the uh, Haji T-shirts. Keith Hernandez's cat. That's that's right. I have T-shirts, two of them dedicated to uh, Keith Hernandez's cat Haji. Well, I'm glad that we were able to do this because I didn't know whether we were going to see each other for know, Christmas or not. Are you doing anything special for Christmas? You go anywhere doing anything? No, no, no. I don't know what my, this is a rough year for Christmas for me. Do you have any fan. more fun questions? Come on. I'm oh, yeah, I do, I do, I do. Come on, make it happen. Uh, I'm not doing anything for Christmas. I'm going to be excited about it, too. I can't wait to not do anything. Uh, I love that you cross stuff out while What's we go. the most interesting thing you've ever heard about yourself that wasn't true? Oh, man, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't really think I'm that exciting. I promise you that. <laughs> okay. Like, nothing, honestly, because most of the time people say it to me, and I'm like, well, that could be plausible. That's fair, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. I, when I left Oneonta, I went to Oneonta State for, like, a year and a half my first time around in college, and I left and was told, heard that I was um, bonkers, and I had to leave to go get, oh, like... mental health. Yeah, mental health stuff. And I was like, that's, that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, let's not rule it out. Uh, all right, and let's close out with this one because we're already almost at 50 minutes and I still have to put... You still have to like actually podcast, podcast, real stuff. Yeah. Give me one book, album, movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. That's a really good question. I just finished um, Homecoming with Julia Roberts. You're the second person in two days yeah. to talk to me I about just finished Homecoming. Homecoming. And I'll tell you right now, I didn't want to like it. I didn't want to like it. I really didn't want to like it. And I got into it around episode three. It's shot so beautifully, Mm -hmm. and it's written so beautifully, and um, the very end of it is enough to watch the whole thing. Can you explain a general idea of what it's about without spoiling it for me? Yeah, sure. This the concept is it's a government 
based, uh, pseudo-government based place where they have soldiers coming back from battle and they want to sort of like integrate them back into life so this is mm-hmm. like a safe okay. space for them to kind of oh, get out their PTSD issues and or maybe like find these issues that they might have had moving into civilian life talk about job searches and all this stuff so these men come back and it's all these the the you find out very early on in the show that all everyone's about the same age and they're all like these 20 25 year old mm-hmm. type guys interesting and then you find out that it's actually a drug trial, and then it's not a real... Th- I know, isn't that cool? Sorry. Sorry it's so fun. You're going to make chainmail bracelets. <laughs> and so it's just, it, it just tumbles really quickly. Mm. It tumbles really quickly, and it's really kind of a head trip. And it's a great show. And, and honestly, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, wow, that would be a really cool idea to actually have a place like that mm. for people who are in military situations and come back and need a safer place to huh. sort of re integrate themselves into civilian life because I, I have no idea what that's like i got one for you yes are you do you have hbo still yes have you you may watch right did you watch succession no okay no you should i didn't watch a lot of shows this year mm-hmm. and i'm sort of kicking around the idea of maybe two weeks from now or maybe i guess next week by the time this airs um doing sort of like a year-end wrap-up where Kevin and Heather and I just sort of pick... I don't need it to be like one movie, one book. Like, give me five things from 2018 that you're your yeah, top five it. things, whatever they are. The HBO show Succession would be on my top What's five. it about? Okay, so it's basically about... It's like a fictionalized version of like the Murdoch family and like like rich people being shitty to each other. I like, love it. Oh, it's so... so in. And I'll tell you the truth right now. The first three episodes, there's a lot of setup because there's it's a family. It's almost got like Trumpy vibes to it, but also Fine. like the Murdochs and also about like media and like tech money. It's really it touches on a lot of stuff. I love all of it so it's far. It's really beautifully shot. It's got Brian Cox in it, and he's really good. I don't know who that is. He was. Um, he's. Oh my god. I'm, why can't I remember one thing? He's. Did you watch Deadwood? He was in Deadwood. Sorry. I'll show it to you later. He's excellent. He's like the main guy. And it's just like these family backstabbing, and it's really well acted and really well shot. Do you see Bloodlines? That's uh, Kyle Chandler, right? Yeah, it no, is. No, no, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, God. It was the same kind of concept, though. Very wealthy, very interesting, and in all of this stuff that goes on. It's but it's, it's set up is forever. I've heard that. Well, after the first three, it's like eight episodes, and they're all like forty minutes long or mm-hmm. so. By the end of the third episode, I could. I was like. I love it's that. It's the best show on television. Oh, I love So yeah, that. there you go. All There's right. your show. Thank you. Um, enjoy your shirts. Enjoy you. your holiday if I don't see you before I'll Christmas. See you before Whoops, Christmas. I'm sure we will. But I'll talk to you when I leave here. That's true. Probably later <laughs> tonight I'll talk to you. Uh, it's always nice to have you back here. Always I welcome. love you. You know that. I love you too, my dear. I love you. All right, enjoy your holiday. Uh, folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. Thing that we as teachers are doing. I don't know if you've been to school. 
school. They just started doing it when I was in school. It's it's the exit ticket, right? And it's the idea that as like right before class ends, you're supposed to give the kid like a small sheet of paper, right, and be like, so you're like, what was the main? He's got the question like, what was the main point of this lesson today? Or like, tell us one thing you learned from this lesson today. And I gotta say, they teach it to us in college by making us do it, and I hate it so much. It's such because I can't help but think about it from the kid's perspective, yeah. which is just like. Man, I just sat here for this whole lesson, and now right before the end, you're gonna throw me some like paragraph where I gotta like, yeah, right. Like I thought I survived this whole period. Uh, So it was again very nice to talk to uh, Miss Higgins uh, about about education and Maiden Utica stuff. Uh, We discussed how uh, her and I and you, Kev, are very good at like sneaking off and whispering during Maiden Utica events. You guys are always huddled somewhere, especially you and Aaron. You guys are always off. We have a lot of conversations we need to have. Mm-hmm. Just because she's not on the show doesn't mean that Higgins and I don't talk no, all the great. time. She's one of my favorite people. No, she's Love great. Her. And I, uh, I always need teacher support. It's always yeah. good to have teacher support when you're in the, the education field mm-hmm. as well. Uh, all right. So let's get to this week's uh, history lessons, which are very, very softball ones for the most part. Super softball stuff. This was all the hard hitting, all the hard, the <laughs> hard hitting, deep hard history <laughs> that we normally do from week Sorry. to week. Uh, a uh, little Christmas this week, 1966. On this day, Dr. Seuss is how the Grinch stole Christmas aired for the first time on CBS. Uh, the story of the Grinch trying to take away Christmas was uh, originally telecast in the U.S. on December 18th. Uh, went on to become a perennial holiday special. Uh, at the time, it was sort of m- released in the midst of, like, a wave of animation specials from the 60s, right? 1964 mm. was Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer. 65 is the Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, this is 66. And then 69 is Frosty the Snowman. So those was, like, a big years. those late 60s for mm. Christmas stuff. At the time, it received, like, generally fine reviews. It, much like anything else we seem to like later on, it just was sort of went by as it happened. Mm. It's one of the few things that has a 100% rating. On Rotten Tomatoes. Oh wow! Did you know there are? Yeah, I feel like if you got something to say about the Grinch uh, stole Christmas, like you're just you're <laughs> such a nasty contrary person. Like, go see a therapist. What's their splat? What could like the splat possibly be? Yeah. <laughs> oh, never seen a Grinch in real life. Not realistic. No stars. Uh, <laughs> Worst movie I've ever seen. Zero stars. Yeah. Don't celebrate Christmas. One star. Uh, animation was fine. All right. So, a uh, couple things to know. Uh, there are not one but two uh, sequels to How the Grinch Stole Christmas, although neither of them discussed Christmas in any real fashion. Mm. Uh, One was in 1977 called Halloween is Grinch Night, a television special. You ever seen that one? See, like, that fits. It did kind of fit. The the, the big green monster that lives on the hill Mm -hmm. comes on Halloween. Yeah, all right. (laughs) That one, I remember actually that one a little bit because there's, like, one particular, like, spooky song that had, Mm. like, visuals that were kind of psychedelic that I liked. And then the other one I don't remember is from 1982 called... The cat in the hat gets Grinched, or alternatively, the Grinch Grinches the cat in the hat, which was like I never, a cr- heard, of I never heard of this one either. So I don't, I'm, I got nothing. Huh. Let us know if you know that one. Uh, there have been two remakes of this movie, uh, of this TV movie in movie fashion. One, the uh, Jim Carrey live action remake, which people seem to like, and I do not I like do not at like all. That. It's uncomfortable to look I at. I think that's a split on probably how old you were when it came out. Yeah, it's very uncanny valley with the faces. I know that they're doing. They're, it's like they're supposed to look like who's Doctor Seuss characters, but I, yeah, makes me uncomfortable when I'm watching it. Hmm. And then the new one that came out is out already. It's like an animated one with Benedict Cumberbatch playing the Grinch right now yeah. in the theaters. Oh, no. It's out like now. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's animated. Out. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I it's have like, no idea. Yeah, they did like a whole. Not- I think it, I think it's just oh. this year they released it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not keeping your finger on the pulse of every single weird animated remake <laughs> that comes not. out. Hey, nobody can blame me. There's well, too I was, many. I, ten I was a week. A they got ten a week coming out. It did seem kind of like we did just do the Grinch thing. It was like ten years ago. Yeah, some ten, yeah, ten, twelve, yeah, I guess. fifteen, maybe. Um. I think it's hilarious. You can tell that we're getting really deep into like we're just doing too many remakes territory. Yeah. When in the same year, it's like okay, well, this was let's see, we did a live action, so we'll do an animated version. This was animated, we'll do the live action. They're going back. It was in between. No one we'll can just come reboot. Up with anything. They had to keep taking others. Uh, on this day, nineteen seventy four. Uh, again, another movie. Uh, the Godfather Part Two, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. I've never seen the Godfather movies. You never seen any yeah. of them. Should I see them? Should I watch? I them? mean, yeah. The Godfather one and two are considered like two of the best, most classic movies of all time. Yeah. They're certainly achievements in filmmaking. Um, they're both very long. I like those. Types and of if they're long, and if you're invested in the subject material and it's interesting to you, they're. I mean, they're definitely worth a watch. But understand that like you're committing. They're both like what three hours long, probably. Oh yeah, no, you're committing. If not longer, a lot like time, three and a half. Yeah. Godfather two might be. Uh, well, Godfather two. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Godfather 2 is both a sequel and prequel to The Godfather, presenting, uh, one, the story of Michael Corleone in 1958, uh, the new Don of the Corleone crime family, and the other, the prequel covering the life of his father, Vito Corleone, played by Robert De Niro. from his very young Robert De Niro. Yeah, from his Sicilian childhood to the founding of his family empire in New York, which I have to say is the part of the movie for me that I think is the best part. That's my favorite part of the whole set, is all that, like, De Niro as young Vito Corleone. Uh... Surprise, surprise, it received divided reviews from critics upon release, but almost immediately uh, was set to reevaluation. It was nominated for 11 Academy Awards, became the first sequel to win Best Picture, uh, including six Oscar wins, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor, Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, got me thinking about uh, sequels that were better than the originals. I know this is a conversation a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. So what I found here is I found a list from, ni- from 2017, mm-hmm. uh, and we're not going to go through all 50, obviously. I just picked a bunch out. Uh, these were what Empire. I think some that yeah, I was gonna say that, yeah. that jump out. I yeah. mean, because there's some that are like very clearly that jump out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, Spider Man Two, mm-hmm. The Dark Knight. Yep. Uh, a couple of those are on here, but I I, I want to throw some out here and see if you guys agree. Uh, well, let's just say if they're better than the original. Okay, we'll just we'll go with that. Number forty in the list was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Of course. So. This is under the pretense that, I have to say, I've not seen the original Vacation in many, many years, and Christmas Vacation is kind of a staple. But I, I haven't really watched the first Vacation movie enough to where I could make a real argument for it being better than Christmas Vacation. It no, might be. You can't. I've, I've watched the first one, but I haven't watched the second one. you never seen Christmas Vacation? No. Oh, you've never the, seen Christmas gosh, Vacation? Oh, that's the best oh, Christmas re- movie. Genuinely, like, treat yourself. Watch okay. it. Make sure you don't watch it, like, on TV where it's edited. You'll okay. need just, it's just it. a couple swears and stuff. Oh, okay. But, yeah, if you can find it streaming, definitely watch it. This, it's okay. my favorite Christmas movie. It's great. It's yeah. really By good. quite a mile. Uh, number 47, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, that's the one with Samuel Jackson. I mean, I love the first Die Hard. It's a good movie. Yeah, I think it's just better than the second Die Hard. I'd watch which is them a, all. It's one of those rare sequences where like the first one's really good, the second one's okay, and the third one's like yeah. uh, it comes back. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right, this one's okay. Uh, Scream Two. We're gonna talk about Scream in a little bit. Scream Two is actually pretty high in this. I do not think it's better than Scream One. No, I thought it was surprising. It was on this list. I just wanted to say number 33, Adam's Family Values. Both the Adam's Family live-action movies are good. I like them. They're, They're both good. That. True. I've, True. I've both of them. They seem to be, I've noticed in about like maybe the last year or so as like, you know, 
like goth girls have come back around. Yeah. People are talking about <laughs> yeah. Adam's Family on the internet again. So I think they're due for a renaissance because both of those movies were excellent. I really enjoyed I both them. of them. Uh, I think they were kind of forgotten about for a while. You mentioned Spider-Man 2. Uh, you mentioned The Dark Knight. Uh, you did not mention Batman Returns, which is I also a really highly one. rated. The first great. sequel. It's a good point. It's a um, great one. It's a good point. That's, that's probably my favorite of the original set of Batman movies. Uh, I'm just going to argue about this one. This was number five on the list. They had Toy Story 2 listed mm. on the list. Okay. I'm just going to say this. I think Toy Story 2 is a great movie. I just happen to think Toy Story 3 is better than both Toy Story 2 and Toy Story I 1. I had no idea so, there was a 3, and now oh. there's a 4, and coming out. A 3 supposed to be like Dude, the... The three sad or the something. Tear, yeah, the well, tears are like it, It's not the crying... But like wholesome tears of life being beautiful. Yeah, it's very much like a life is beautiful, and it it's all cyclic and things are good movie. You should watch... You should watch, watch Toy that. Story three. No, seriously, watch Toy Story three. And but, however, I'll I'll say this for a spoiler, not really a spoiler. There's gonna be one sequence in the movie. If you watch it, where you go, no, 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 no. <laughs> and don't worry, it's fine. That's all I'm gonna say. All right, uh, the top th- top four on this list. Uh, well, number four was Mad Max Fury Road. I think it's dope. It's definitely- that was great. I, I like that out. movie a lot. You uh, saw number- that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. Number three, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Oh, of course. How could I forget? I can't remember what that's about. That's the liquid metal Terminator guy. Okay, got it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two is Godfather Part 2, and then they had Aliens as number one. Oh, yeah, that's another good good one. Yeah, I think, I don't, again, I I think the Godfather 2, Godfather 1 argument's kind of tough. Like, which one's better than the other? Well, especially because, like, as people, as they get kind of, like, smashed together and they play them on TV, well, I... It's not even that they're not the same, but they almost present as, like, one long-form piece together. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they're not that separate because it just, it really just sort of seems like Godfather 1 ends, then Godfather 2 starts, and then he starts to reflect. Like, you could easily edit that all in together, and I think they do sometimes yeah. in, like, AMC or HBO, cut. the yeah. ultimate mm-hmm. cut, where it's, like, the whole <laughs> It's, like, seven hours, hours long. <laughs> it's unreal. Uh, on this day, 1989, uh, uh, The Simpsons made its first Full animated series debut on Fox TV with its episode Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire. It was a Christmas episode. Hmm. But we've talked about The Simpsons so many times on this show. I don't really know what else more we could say. Uh, I found a couple interesting facts. Did you know that they were cho- you know why they were chosen to be yellow? No. It's really simple when they say, think about it. Matt Groening basically thought that if you flipped through the channels and you saw a family with yellow skin, you were more inclined to stop and look at what was looking at. It was more tension-grabbing as you were flipping through right. channels. That's fair enough. Really straightforward yeah, no. answer. Um, Time Magazine named it the best television show of the 20th century. Uh, there is an official version of Duff Beer that you can actually buy at three locations in Universal Studios. They actually make an official Duff Beer. Uh, University of California, Berkeley offers a four-credit course on The Simpsons. So uh, that's actually less surprising than I think people... It doesn't surprise me. It's yeah, like, it's not. Like the Sopranos had shows. like People did that. Really? Oh, yeah. Did you know that exiled WikiLinks founder Julian Assange guest starred as, as himself on an episode of the show's 23rd season? He recorded his lines over the phone from an Ecuadorian embassy in Britain where he was granted asylum. Which is mm. pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Better hope that was the only time they were recording down there. <laughs> Better hope that was the only time the mics were on. Uh, Homer's signature word, don't, has been added to the English uh, Oxford English Dictionary. And one of his most popular expressions has been used uh, pretty regularly. The quote was, to alcohol, the cause of, and solution to, all of life's problems. <laughs> Very common. Yeah, I love The Simpsons. Probably hard to argue that it wasn't like one of the most important shows for me growing up. My nephew and niece love it. And it's always funny to watch it with people who are um, younger, because they laugh at totally different things. <laughs> they just, 
1996, on this day, horror classic Scream, starring Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox, is released. Uh, I mean, I loved this movie. I Cannot do. tell you. Me too. I had a Scream poster. Great. I had a Scream poster on the wall in my bedroom when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, that was something I did. I had the Halloween costume. It was a funny yep. story. And I had the full Halloween costume with the mask, and I liked the idea of, like, so at the time, I tried to set it up. I put, I used to have a gumball machine in my room, like one, like the fishbowl <laughs> on top of a circle. So I put that on top of a big stereo speaker in my room, and I put the gown on it. And so the gumball thing was the head. I threw the mask on it and, like, put a broomstick in there for the arms and had, like, a full six-foot screen thing in my room. And every single night, my brother would take it apart because he would, he would be upstairs in bed him. before me. And he'd be trying to fall asleep, and he's got this, this six-foot scream goblin standing <laughs> over him. And he was probably, I would shit, like eight. Seven or eight at the time, so <laughs> the mask is creepy. If you if you can yeah. if you can look past like knowing what you know about the series and like all the thing about it, if you're a fan, it's still creepy. I mean, if creepy. I saw somebody out on some road or somebody was threatening me and I had that mask, yeah, that mask is unsettling. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm sure. saying like that mask is still. Yeah, uh, the film itself combined black comedy and whodunit mystery with the uh, violence of the slasher genre to satirize the cliches of horror movies such as Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, it was considered unique at the time, and I guess that's the other important that's thing. That's like, a progenitor really, to a lot of things. It yes. stands out. The first real, like, meta movie that I can think of. For, well, not movie, but horror movie. Horror movie. Horror 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 yeah, movie yeah, yeah, yeah. Genre, yeah. Um, Paved the way for a lot of stuff afterwards. Like, there were a lot of movies in the next ten years that only got made because of how successful Scream mm-hmm. was. Uh, the film uh, received positive reviews, was a financial success, earning $173 million in 1996, which is pretty crazy. Uh, became the highest-grossing slasher film of all time until... It was surpassed by. Anybody want to take a guess? Can for, I get a year? For a slasher movie? For a year? What One year? Twenty eighteen. Oh. The hell slasher movie came out twenty eighteen. You went to the theaters yeah. to see it. Oh. A slasher movie? Halloween? Yeah. Really? really? Yeah. Ah, you know what that makes 2018 sense. Twenty eighteen Halloween I need is to the. See that, too. Yeah, that makes sense. I need to go see movies. Did you see the first Halloween? I need a movie. Like then. the original? Yeah. Oh, I love the original. You would you would really enjoy the new one. Uh, the other thing that they talked about with Scream, one last thing that was interesting, was as opposed to most horror movie like tropes, which was they would hire unknown actors, it was one of the first times that like, a horror movie had gone out and cast already established and successful actors, which was sort of a kicking of trends. All right, and this is sort of a fun one for you guys. On this day, uh, last year, 2017, Lady Gaga signed a Las Vegas residency deal for $75 million over two years to perform in Las Vegas. Featuring 74 shows over that period. It has been a lifelong dream to play Las Vegas. I'll leave my heart on stage every night, was her quote. Now, this deal was worth $100 million in all. And you would assume to yourself, if you're MGA, uh, MGM, you got to think that this was a pre-Star is Born deal. That's probably a steal. She's an even bigger yeah. star right now. That movie's huge. It got me thinking about residencies in general, and I found a list for the current acts that are the residencies in Las Vegas for the year 2019. So I'm going to read you the list. We can take a look at it. I want you guys to look at the list and pick the three that you would most want to go see from this list. All right? So here we go. Gwen Stefani. She's got a, she's playing there. Bruno Mars. The Backstreet Boys. Stevie Wonder. Lionel Richie. Mariah Carey. Queen featuring Adam Lambert, Cher, Lady Gaga, Billy Idol, ZZ Top, James Taylor and his all-star band, Van Morrison, Aerosmith, or Celine Dion. These are all people. So you get to pick three of them? Pick any three that move the meter most for you. I'm going to go right really quickly because I've looked at this already. I got to say Van Morrison for me. Love Van Morrison. Big Mark. Got to say Bruno Mars. I feel like that show is very exciting, and then I've got to take Stevie. Those are my three. I, I got it. 
There's a lot of options on here, but that's the three I'm going with. I'll sk- I could skip Van Morrison, but uh, definitely Bruno and Stevie. Uh-huh. Uh, no question there. And then, I don't know, after that, whoever, I guess. I definitely, oh, go ahead. That's, uh, <laughs> I would definitely do Gwen Stefani for sure. Okay. Lionel Richie. Yeah, probably Gwen might be number three. And then Stevie Wonder, because I loved, when I was little, I loved Stevie Wonder. I still love Stevie Wonder. So Stevie I'd love to see Lionel Richie, too. Gosh, I'd love to. This I, I can get into this. I like how none of us went with classic acts <laughs> like uh, Cher or like... I think uh, Stevie Wonder's a classic act. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as a Vegas classic act. Like, well, there's Cher's, a lot of people. Like, was like, dude, Nickel yeah, Blink One Eighty Two has a Vegas residency. Mm-hmm. Or did, they did for like a year for a stretch. Nickelback, yep. I believe, did Britney as well. Spears Britney Spears did. Uh, moderate acquaintance of the podcast, Steve Anderson has went to the Britney Spears residency mm-hmm. in Las Vegas yeah. show. Uh, made in Utica, uh, uh, made guy. Justin Parkinson loves Rod Stewart, and he's also known to have a Las a Vegas big, right? big Rod, Rod Stewart, Stewart fan. Another resident. Big, big Rod Stewart guy. This seems like the dream if you were a musician, right? Like, if we had stayed in a band for, like, our whole it. life, this would have been the dream, right? Just make, like, million. $100 million for 74 <laughs> shows over two years to hang out in Vegas for a new crowd that is excited every night to see you. Like, just to make that money has got to be such a sweet gig. Money's nice, yeah, for sure. Uh, I was going to do a... A history lesson for 2015 about when Jose Mourinho was sacked from Chelsea Football Club uh, because three years from that date, <laughs> last Sunday, uh, they he got defeated by my Liverpool squad. But let's just leave it at that. Well, you already, you already said you can't, it. Yeah, you, you said the whole thing. No, I didn't. I, had, oh, I, had I was going to say all these words. All I'm going uh, to say is Liverpool uh, won, Manchester yeah. United lost. Suck it, Mourinho. I was going to do this. Suck it, Dano. Do it Suck it, all you man, you fans out there. Until we play in a few weeks, then I'll feel bad when you guys win. Okay, uh, a couple other quick stories this week. I just, I had to share this with you, this, sto- this story this week. I read this this morning and I was dying. Did you guys read that Amazon in general has been having a lot of meetings about how they're getting really tired of hawking all the cheap crap that doesn't make them money? <laughs> so apparently there's this internal report called the Crap Report, which discusses basically items that are tagged for $15 or under. Snack foods, bottled drinks, cheap gifts, things like that. And they're called the crap list because crap stands for can't realize a profit. Basically, Amazon is trying to get rid of any item that they can't pull a profit in because of the shipping. Uh, I don't really have any other commentary on that besides this adds more to my reason why I'm getting rid of my Amazon Prime after this holiday season. I'm can't, yeah. I'm getting rid of it. I can't this get rid it. of it. Why? I didn't use... Why can't she get rid of it or why no, am I'm I getting rid of it? Why you? I no longer use the shipping option enough to validate the $100 upfront price that I pay for it. I don't feel like I get as much use out of the Prime content as I once did, where I justify... By choice, though, I feel like. I think the other streams do a pretty good job. I don't feel like I miss it. It's yeah, true. I, Amazon just has more stuff than everybody. I That's where knows. they really come in. Like, yeah. Amazon's got... I mean, especially compared to, like, Netflix. Netflix has got their stuff, but they don't really have almost anything otherwise. You know what I mean? I didn't know how much we used their Prime until recently. We used the t- streaming for the TV, Alexa, mm-hmm. the Kindle... Um, the free shipping, everything. I mean, let's be realistic. I will forget to cancel it, and then after the third week of January, when I'm like, why is there $100 missing from my account? It'll be too late, and I'll just move on from it like I do every year. But, yeah. uh, you know, I just I just thought it was interesting to see, like, because I feel like a lot of my favorite thing about Amazon was buying, like, a whole bunch of cheap stuff all at once and just having it yeah. all set to me. It I makes know. me sad. That I've definitely, there have definitely been items on that I've seen on Amazon that were, like, Say under twenty bucks, and I've just pulled the trigger on needlessly. Yeah, needless, just needless yeah. stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I'm ordering some stuff. Mm. What's this? Seven bucks free shipping? Yes, I did. We ordered stuff Friday. They're like on point right now. We ordered stuff on Friday, and it came there on um, 
was that Thursday? I don't came there on Saturday. All the Christmas presents. I'm probably gonna order. I'm, I think I'm making some orders from Amazon tonight. Actually, specifically on some Christmas stuff. You better. I some of the stuff I ordered yesterday was saying it's coming in after Christmas already because um, it was like had to be ordered. Yeah, but I'm not ordering from like any third party jokers. I'm just trying to order directly. Yeah. It's something that's qualified for Prime with the two day. Like, yeah, yeah. Third party people. That's where they get you. All right. I still gotta figure out what to get you for Christmas. Um, I'm good. No, she said, no, nah, I'm, I'm out of here. No. Uh, and I just wanted to follow up. Uh, last week or the week before, we talked about how the radio stations were banning Maybe It's Cold Outside. We discussed. Was that last week we discussed yeah, that? we discussed we weren't going to discuss it. Well, I, I had to bring this up because I thought it was funny. Uh, a Kentucky radio station is wading into the controversy by doubling down. So they've they played the song... For like twenty four hours straight, like they just they just ran on their station. That's kind of funny. I got it's Kentucky because those rednecks probably think they're sticking it to liberals. Somehow. Yeah, take that, all these libs. That's like guys, nobody hates Bobby Lee. Nobody cares. Uh, nobody cares. Yeah. Go back to your shanties. This is golf. Uh, do you, I so this does again lead into the list that I teased last week for our twenty worst Christmas songs. Do you want to save it for next week? All of them. Yeah, next, yeah, week's next the Christmas. Week. Christmas episode. Yeah. So next week, I'm not talking about nothing besides Christmas next week. You want my takes on the president, other things like that? You get nothing from me. All what Christmas, wall to wall Christmas like content <laughs> deal. But I do need you guys to come up with those five 2018 lists though for me. All right. All right. I just need you to remind me. I will remind you. We will discuss. It's already, yeah. All right. Thanks again, Aaron Higgins. Thank Thanks, you Aaron. to Heather. Oh, it's over. over. It's finished. One eighty two. It's gone down. Yeah, one eighty two. You know, I did secretly have a point where I the thought blink episode. The you blink play episode. All blink songs. All blink songs. songs. That's yeah. not a bad idea. I feel like they will shut us down. Oh, please. <laughs> you don't think so? I'll play one. Bl- I'll close out with a blink song. We will close out with a blink song. Okay. Cool. Here. There you yeah. go. I like that. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us once again. 182 next week, the Christmas special. Please send us your uh, mailbag questions, end of the year questions. Let us know your Christmas thoughts for next week. Um, sign our humanoids. Keep it tight. Uh, Woodstock lives. Follow Heather Heather Waz one at Twitter. Follow Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan. Uh, follow the SF Doom. Just follow the show at Uticast. Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, Instagram. Uh, Stitcher podcast. We're taking over the web. Check out our brand new website, Uticast.com. Totally redesigned. Made in Utica.com backslash shop. Get your stuff in before the holidays. We will see you next week. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. All the other holidays. Happy Festivus. Oh, yes. It will be an airing of the grievances. Serenity now.
Okay. 